0: 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. Put that up for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. We're going to jump into this passage of scripture. I believe the Lord has something powerful he wants to say to you. The Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ, and him crucified I want to minister a message this morning entitled the main thing the main thing thank you gentlemen Um, Paul was speaking to the church of Corinth and there's a couple of things that you want to write down about the church of Corinth the church of Corinth was full of gifted people and they were full of great orators full of gifted people and full of great orators. These were people, uh, gifted people, are very interesting because a lot of times gifted people feel like they can make it on their gift alone. I'll say amen to myself. Um, um, gifted people feel like you know this innate gift that God has given me. That's all that I need. And oftentimes gifted people have the uh, they, they, they have the propensity to move towards uh, humanism. The idea that everything I have is locked inside of me. Now, now, there's some truth to that in that if Christ is in us, right... He is the hope of glory. We have everything we need in that way. We understand that. But many of us uh, around the world, and this is why the New Age movement has made way through a lot of our motivational speakers and through a lot of our thinkers in our society, is because it helps to build the spirit of pride inside of the human. Where the human begins to feel like, I have everything I need because I am me. I am everything I need. I am everything I need. I, 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 I can think the thoughts that I need to think, and I can live the way I need to live, and I I don't need God to do it. Now, many of you will not agree that you've done this before, but I'll tell you that even though you might not have done it consciously, you have certainly done it by way of your actions. You have made a decision a number of times that you did not need to talk to God about anything that you did and that you could make it happen on your own. Say amen to me. The reality is that we see that. We see that by the man that you used to be married to. Hello, somebody. We see, we, we, y'all, y'all quiet in here. We, we see it by the car you bought that you shouldn't have bought because you thought that I could just get it on my own. We pray to God to fix stuff he never told us to get into. And why do I do this? I do it because I'm gifted. Sherman, you're preaching already. Thank you, sir. I am gifted. I'm gifted. I have the things that I need inside of me. I got natural gifts. I got spiritual gifts. Look at somebody say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Gifted people also have an issue oftentimes connecting with other people. Because what happens inside of gifted people, I'm just talking this morning, what happens inside of gifted people a lot of times is this idea that I don't need you. I don't need you because I got this. I don't need your advice. I don't need your wisdom. I don't need you to say anything to me because I got this figured out because I am gifted and the truth of the matter is because you're gifted in one area don't mean you're gifted in all areas hello somebody and everybody needs somebody to be a part of their journey y'all quiet in here I said everybody needs somebody to be a part of their journey and you do not have it together for as I always tell you every Sunday we are all it's the truth doggone it we are all jacked up and we need people I'm gonna say it again we need Now, not, it would be nice to have them. We need people to be a part of our journey. This is good already. Here's the second thing you got to know about the people in Corinth. Um, they, they, they were great orators. They were great speakers. Highly intelligent people who spoke well. So they were great talkers. They were great talkers. How many of you have met somebody that could talk themselves out of anything? I mean, that convinced you. you. You know, I mean... <laughs> This is probably a bad example, but I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, You you walk in the room and you catch them in the act. You catch them in the act. You see them in the act and they will convince you that what you're seeing is not real by the time they get done with you. You start feeling like you're delusional. Why y'all trying to play? Y'all never met nobody like that. You come in, you be like, I'm crazy. You're right. I'm nuts you laying here in a whole bed, but I'm the crazy one. Uh, you're right. I'm delusional. Yeah, maybe, but you know, some of y'all are that people. If you're you, if you that person, if you know you're that person, just wave at me. Don't lie. You know, you can talk to me. I see your hand. Thank you. I appreciate you. Your honesty. Yeah. You know, you can. I'm not saying you was in the bed. I'm saying you could talk people out of stuff. But the main people didn't want to raise their hand. You was in the bed. You was just trying to lie in church. Uh, but it's okay to smile in the house of God. We're having a good time. So here is Paul coming into a place, dealing with them as their pastor, their apostle, their their, their spiritual father, a gifted people, a people that have no problem with speaking, a people that they are full of high level intelligence. Have you ever met somebody who is just, I mean, really, really smart and you almost look at him and you feel dumb? Like, every time I look at you, I feel like I'm the most idiotic person on the planet. Right? has nothing to do with that person, by the way. That has to do with your insufficiencies. I just want to plug that. Anyway, moving on. So Paul shows up dealing with the gifted people, highly intelligent people, the people who know how to talk real well. And he says, you know what? When I come to you, I'm not going to come to you with what you're used to. I'm going to be one that shifts the culture around you. Watch Paul. Paul said, you're used to people coming with this talk. And you're used to people expressing themselves by showing how smart they are. And you're used to gifted people throwing their gifts around. And you're used to people being able, uh, uh, to, to, be able to show the levels of high intelligence and, and use their words to pull you in. But he said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. What I've determined to do is that when I show up in the midst of you, all I want to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Doesn't mean a lot to you right now, but just stick with me. Paul, remember Paul was the man, he was like this one thing. You remember that in scripture? Anybody you ever read the Bible? Some of you are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, Paul said this one thing. He was a man of focus. Paul was the this one thing guy. So, so, the idea is to be in a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of activity going on, but have no focus. That's what 2019 has been like for a bunch of us. Right? Whole lot of activity going on, but no focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm here, I'm there, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But listen, write this now activity doesn't equal productivity. Write that down. Activity does not equal productivity. You can be active and you can be doing all kinds of things, but it doesn't mean you're productive. How many of you have had a lot of activity in life, but you had nothing to show for it afterwards? Right? So Paul's like, like, I'm a focused man. He's a this one thing guy. He's a he's guy that says, I don't want to look at all of that. Let's, let's bring it in and let's focus. Please place your hand upon your head on this Sunday and say, Lord, help me to focus. He's this one thing, God. He says this. He says, I, I want you to focus on Jesus. Get a little bit ahead of myself. But I offer to you, for most Christians, Jesus is not their focus. Here's the truth. What has happened is we begin focusing on all kinds of things, even looking for deeper revelations, even even looking for for for, for higher ideas and, and, and looking for, for for knowing this and gaining this. But what we've missed out on at the end of the day is Jesus. Um, write this up, please. Jesus is perfect theology. That means if you want to understand anything about God, you want to understand anything about how the kingdom of God works, study Jesus. Study Jesus. Somebody say study Jesus. When I was 18 or 19 years old, I, I, I began entrepreneurship, and I was reading a lot of uh, personal development books. I was reading a lot of self-help books, and I was listening to a lot of motivational speakers. And one of the things they used to always say is keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, When you begin to rearrange things out of that single focus or whatever that main thing can be in your life, you don't get the best results out of what God set up it to be. you'll You'll start to see your life looking in an alternative way. It will not look the way God intended it for it to look because you did not keep the main thing the main thing. This is the house of God. So I believe in the house of God, Jesus, and I know He's not a thing, He's a person, but for the sake of my message today, is the main thing. Some of you are like, duh. Well, then tell me what you know about Jesus, then, what you do self. I feel like God wants to return you back to your first love. I feel like God wants to return the house of God back to its beginning. Because if your foundation is not Jesus, what you're building will not stand. I know y'all prophesying here. I know you cast out devils. I know you heal the sick I know I know some of you started great organizations I know some of you have, have built amazing families But at the end of the day I want to know what do you know about Jesus yeah, yeah. Yeah. We claim Christianity yeah. Yeah. We say we're saved But the truth is At the end of the day If we're honest No shade I'm trying to help you today If we're honest about it We really don't know much about Jesus Preachers have preached to us about them. We've we've read, we've heard sermons, we've watched videos about Jesus. But when was the last time you, as a Christian, as a Christian, when was the last time you studied Jesus Christ? We shout, we holler, we scream, but we've forgotten about Jesus. Somebody say, "This is good to me." So we got to keep the main thing. This is a foundational message. We'll just study Jesus for the rest of the month. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. And we're going to focus in upon Jesus. Let's go back to where Pastor Miesha left us off last week. Let's go to Romans 12 and verse 1. Let's go back to Romans 12 and verse 1. Give me that um, on the screen. The Bible says, therefore, um, I'll read it here. Um, Hebrews, you're right. 12 and 1. Wrong scripture in my notes. And I'll begin reading. Therefore we also, there it is, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. Verse 2. Looking unto who? Jesus. Come on, say it again. Looking into who? Jesus. Come on, say it again. Looking unto who? Jesus. So many of us, leave that up. Many of us have not had sustainability in our deliverance because we have not been looking at Him. Wow. So most Christians, a lot of Christians, I should say, are like, this Jesus thing doesn't work. Right. I will say deliverance didn't work like uh, somebody prayed for me to get free, but I got back into the same thing. Deliverance doesn't work. The word doesn't work. Like it's my favorite thing I've told you before is when I tell people when they're going through something to go and pray specific prayers and read certain scriptures and they tell me I did that before. It didn't work. this is my favorite part of it, but what I really realize is that people are number one, not consistently looking at Jesus. Somebody say, help me, Apostle. <laughs> they, 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 I, I'm not consistently keeping my eyes focused on Jesus. Let's go back to our text. First Corinthians chapter two, verse two. He says, Paul says, Listen, I've determined, I've determined, I have determined, I've made a decision. In order to be able to gain the knowledge of requests in your life at another level, it will require determination. It will require a decision making power on the inside of you. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever been in a place where you were, it was hard for you to decide? Yeah. Red or blue? Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla or chocolate? Uh, no, okay. Uh, chicken or beef? Like, uh, you, you know, you, you've been at places. Where you've had to decide, right? Yeah. Anybody ever been stuck in the place of und- indecision in before you? You haven't, you haven't been able to decide which direction to go and where to go. And, and, and what it takes in order for you to be able to experience the knowledge of Christ on the level that God wants you to experience it is going to take determination. Yeah. It's, going, it's going to take a, a decision in your mind that nothing else matters like he matters. It's going to to take a decision in your mind that if I'm going to be a Christian, I cannot work everything of the world and still say say he's my focus. If I'm going to be a Christian, I cannot, I cannot use just my level of intelligence and and use my speech and use my gift. At the end of the day, I have to understand that everything I need is in him. I need you to write this down. Jesus is the power source. I need you to say that. Jesus is the power. If I'm not plugged into Jesus, how can I do this? Jesus becomes the model. Was it Paul that even said, follow me as I follow Christ? So you shouldn't even pick your leaders by what they have. Listen to this. I'm talking about in your life on every level. I'm not just talking about your pastoral leaders. Who are your leaders are the people you're listening to, by the way. So for a bunch of you, I'm not your leader anyway. I'm just the guy that preaches to you. It's a difference. I would, I would even, you know, stop referring to me as your pastor. I would just say, hey, guy, that I listen to preach on Sunday? Are you in here today? I'm trying to align you, trying to help you, right? So, so your leader is the one that you're listening to, right? So how many, how many, how many of us have assessed who we're going to listen to by how they're following Christ? If he's the main thing, if he's the center of focus, then I don't listen to nothing you say as it relates to the direction of my life and where I'm going to land if you don't have a focus of Jesus. Are you getting this today? So how many people have been living their lives right now knowing everything else except Jesus? The time I have to be at work, I know that. How much money I need to pay my bills, I understand that. Uh, the things I'm hoping for in my dreams, I know them. But at the end of the day, if you were to ask me about Jesus, I can't tell you much. Now, I know this is not sitting and you making you want to holler and scream. and Some of y'all look like you want to cut my throat. I ain't scared I got security. But I want you to understand, I'm trying to help you today. I don't want us to just be another church on the corner. Some of y'all are like I'm okay with it. I'm not though. <laughs> I don't want us, I don't want us to just be another, I don't want us to just be another place. I don't want us to just be a place where people gather in a room. Because they do that in conferences where people give self help and, and they they do that in all kinds of, they do that in concerts and they, and they do that in all kinds of places where people gather. My concern is that you are able to gain the knowledge of Christ for yourself. Somebody say for me. And then you actually start applying it in your life to see your life go to the next level. I have to make a decision. I want Jesus. I I got to make a decision, and I want Jesus above everything else. Here's my message. Nothing else matters except him. My my kids taught me a word recently, Brian, and it's the word, I can say it right. And many of you are really intelligent, so you know this word, because they told me it's very simple. So I just had never really learned the word hyperbole. Yeah. I ain't never heard it. So y'all really smart. I don't know. So they came home and they was like, they was talking about (laughs) hyperbole. So I was like, okay, hyperbole. Tell me about that word. So they, because they, so what they was using it on me. I said something and they was like, that's a hyperbole. I said, what does that mean? They mean, they said you're exaggerating. (laughs) Oh, you went to a little school and you're feeling yourself, huh? (laughs) So they're like, you're exaggerating. And, and here here as I was studying, the word came up again and I and I saw it there that, that, that when Paul was speaking here, he was using he was using hyperbole. He was not he was not literally meaning he doesn't want to know anything about them except Christ and him crucified. He was using exaggeration to bring emphasis. Right? right? He was using exaggeration to bring emphasis. And, and the, the key thing is he wanted them to understand, hey, when I get done with you, if you can't remember Jesus, none of the rest of that stuff matters. Right. If I teach you all of this other stuff and you don't get Jesus, then none of it counts. It doesn't, it's worth nothing. It's worth nothing at all. Look at your neighbor and say, it's worth nothing at all. If you don't remember Jesus and you can't tell me about Jesus, uh, because here's the reality about it. You got saved, not just for yourself, but you got saved for somebody else. I know you thought you were just getting your ticket out of hell, but the reason why Jesus gripped you out of the forces of hell was so that you can go grip somebody else and bring them out. But if you don't know nothing about it, how can you preach him he, says, Jesus. he said all I want to know all I want you to focus on what I want to put emphasis on is Jesus we're naming our churches all kind of names naming our churches after people Saint Sherman Church of the living God that's what they really be doing We're building all of these things around personality. We can tell you about the Instagram of our favorite preachers and leaders. We can tell you what's happening in their church. We can tell you all about them. We can tell you their wives' names. We can tell you how cool their fashion is. We can tell you all of these things about where they were, who's doing what. But what we cannot tell you is anything about Jesus. Say what you want to say about Mr. West. But one thing he got that the rest of these jokers don't have is the emphasis of Jesus. People are like, well, I, don't know. I can't really read if he's saved. Last time I checked, I couldn't really read if you were saved, so I don't know. And it's not my job or your job to read each other's salvation. You got to work out. Your, I heard the Bible say you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You don't got time to be assessing nobody else. But the most of you Christians, that have to say something. You're just haters. Because you make no impact. And you've done nothing with your life. And I'll say it publicly, I don't care who don't like it. This man then went and had a Paul-Saul experience. A Saul-Paul experience where the light of God hit him. He don't got to be perfect, but where the light of God hit him, and now all he wants is everybody else to experience it. Why you Christians are filling up the church, but don't know jack about the light that hit you. Be seated, please. made a decision, Paul says. Just talking, just setting the platform. Hopefully this hits you somewhere. My goal, I'm learning to grow in my speaking and I'm learning to grow in my preaching and my teaching and I'm learning to not always give you the same kind of expression. Sometimes you need to hear me sound a different way so that you could get what I'm saying to you. One of the things that I'm learning is at the top of my message, I, I, I sit down in my study time, I figure out what is it is the main thing that I want to be communicated to these people. Right. That sounds simple. And most of you understand that all you great speakers and orators in here, I understand you probably already got that down. But but for me, I realized that more than ever, I needed to make sure that whatever my main thing was that I wanted you to grab out of here, it was being communicated to you. At the end of the day, what I want to happen, what I believe should happen after we get finished today is that you should have a fresh hunger to study Jesus. That's the, that's the main thing. I, I, I want to, you know, uh, hit you in the head with this, socking you in your chest with this, uh, 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 throw you up and knock you back down with this, and then by the time you walk out, I want you to say, let me go study Jesus. Are you understanding? That's, that's where we're going with this. Order the knowledge, to grow in the knowledge of Christ, it will require determination. It will require the power of decision. The power of decision. If you begin to decide to follow Christ, you'll be able to make decisions in everything else. How I many you know that people have been undecided? No shade, guys, who's been undecided in their whole um, um, college career, just undecided with their major. I mean, you just declare undecided every year. Just taking classes. But, but, at, the end of the, I mean, but at the end of this thing, if them things don't meet in a certain box, you're not going to be able to graduate. What is going on? And there are so, there's so, only so many gen ed classes you can take. You got to declare something. But that's many of us in our lives. We don't know who we want to be. I had this, I had this conversation with a young Christian uh, this week, uh, a, young, a young man, and I had a conversation with him like, who do you want to be? Do you, do you want to be the person that everybody just loves and runs to and you want to be liked so much that you make a decision to not follow the presence of God and not to follow Christ? Or you're going to make a decision to be like Christ. And when you make a decision to be like Christ, then that means that a lot of people, unfortunately, I say fortunately, is not going to like you. Oh, okay. That's what the preacher didn't tell you when he called you to the altar to get saved. Came down and shook his hand. He was excited. I know the Lord. I'm not going to hell. Thank you, God. But what you missed out on is that you just signed up for the world to hate you. (laughs) This is strong meat today. Uh, The the world's going to hate you. Have you ever noticed that other religions have no problem speaking loudly on the news? And most people will have nothing to say about them speaking loudly. Even certain communities, the LBGQ, uh, LBGTQ. Plus, community, no say everybody's welcome here. I'm going to make that very, very clear because some of you have never heard me say that before. Everybody's welcome here. We welcome everybody at every and if that bothers you, God bless you. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody's welcome here. Whatever your sexual orientation is, you're welcome here. Now, do I follow the word? Without a shadow of a doubt, but I follow the word for, those, for, the, for the Christians in here who are uh, heterosexual hoes, so the same word applies to you. Because you accept them just fine. Some of you even listen to their messages on TV. Moving on. But my point, I just need to say that so you wouldn't think I was doing shade at that community because I'm not. You're welcome here. But I'm going to say this. That community will speak out loudly about what they believe. And the people, most people don't have no problem with it. Right? Let a Christian speak up. And say, this is what the Bible says about this. Oh, you're a homophobe. Oh, you're... This, right? Because this idea of following Christ, you can follow anything else. But when you make a decision to follow Christ, the truth is the culture comes against you. Because the kingdom of God is counterculture. You're preaching now. It is counterculture. man so it takes determination he says i've determined not to know somebody say no No. What i love about that word no in the greek this word means to have seen or perceive hence to know to have seen or perceive hence to know meaning my knowing is based upon what i saw are you getting this I, 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 what I know is based upon what I saw. And it, it, it reminded me of something. It reminded me. It reminded me of Paul's experience. Give me Acts nine three. You remember when Paul, when Paul was on the road of Damascus, and suddenly a light shone from heaven. You remember that? And, and verse four says, "Then he fell to the ground." and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And this is his response. He said, who are you, Lord? I I love that part. Because he said, I don't even know who you are, but because you have the ability to knock me down off of my horse. Y'all are not getting this. He said, because I'm having this kind of encounter with you, all I know, I don't even have to know your name, but because of what you did to me, you Lord, y'all And some of us have been, y'all, y'all, y'all. He he, he said, he said, listen, listen, I can't explain everything yet. I can't tell you all that's going on, but I know whoever you are that I'm having this encounter with, you are Lord. And what was his response? What did what, what, what the Lord say to him in verse uh, in verse 4? He we went on to say uh, 5. He said, he said, then he said, uh, who are you, Lord? And this is what he says. Uh, then the Lord said, I am who? Jesus. I am who? Jesus. I am who? Jesus. I am who? Jesus. Now, first of all, let me tell you something that's going to happen in this month. Many of your family members are about to get supernatural encounters with Jesus. It's not going to have anything to do with you. It's not going to have anything to do with your special words. It's not going to have anything to do with anything except as you press into Jesus this month, listen to this word. As you press into Jesus this month, your family by a byproduct of what you've experienced by pressing into Jesus, your family members are going to have Paul, Saul, Paul-like experiences where they're going to be transformed into another man because the light of God is going to hit them and they're going to say, I don't know who this is, but whoever you are, I'll follow you. Okay, be seated. So he said, he, said, you are, he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I am Jesus. I am Jesus. So Paul, when he's talking here to us again in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, when he's talking about knowledge, he's talking about this kind of experience. I sing, therefore I know. I've seen, therefore I know. So then our desire has to be to see Jesus all throughout scripture, to see Jesus in our prayer time. To see Jesus in our worship time. To see Jesus in every experience that we have. There has to be a fresh hunger to see Jesus. To experience Jesus. And out of that experience, then I know. Somebody say, then I know. I know. I know now because I experienced him. You know what I realized? And I've said it before. That a person with an experience is never, is never, 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 never at the mercy of a person with an argument against it right? You can't tell me that Jesus doesn't heal. Why? He healed me. So you can find, you can twist whatever scriptures you want to twist around all you want. The reality is I will never believe you because the facts are that I'm healed today because he touched me. Um, He didn't say that he just wanted to know Jesus, but he took it a bit further because many of us. We, we, have not, we have not grabbed a hold of the understanding of Jesus being the main thing in our lives. But then some of us, we're okay with Jesus. Jesus is trendy now. Trendy, trendy Jesus. And we wear him on our shirts, right? We talk about it, and you can ask people all over the place. I have to ask them what they believe in, because you ask somebody, are you a believer? They'd be like, yes, okay, let's back up. Let's talk details. What exactly do you believe? If you don't believe that he died for your sins and rolled on the third day, you are not a believer, my friend, and we just need to cut that out. Because what's happening in our culture is that people are confessing or saying Christ. I'm not talking about confessing their sins, just saying Christ, but they're saying it with mixture. So it's not just Jesus, it's Jesus and. Give me a little bit of Jesus, and I'll take a little of that Buddhism. Give me a little bit of Jesus, and I'll be a little Jehovah Witness too. Give me a little bit of Jesus, and give me some of this, and give me some of that. And mixture begins to come into place, and so now we no longer have full Christians. I, thank you. Somebody say amen, please. This thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's diluted. Yeah. How many of y'all ever, you ever uh, bought some of that juice from concentrate? Yeah, juice, concentrate juice. Yeah, yeah. So, Dr. K, she used to make that a lot when she was a, a teenager. And so, we, so there was this one time she made it. She took the can <laughs> and she put it in there. But she put too much water. Right? So, when she put the too much water in it, you didn't it tastes like juice no more <laughs> it tastes a little strange and many of us around the world are putting add, dish, we're adding stuff to the idea of who Jesus is and we're turning Christianity into our preferred way for it to look somebody say help us God Want 100% Jesus. I want 100% Jesus. I don't want you to give me nothing else. I don't want your opinion added to it. I don't want the what you like and what you don't like. I don't want you to tell me how you saw it. I don't want you to tell me how you heard it. Give me 100% Jesus. I made a decision. I'm going to preach it even when I don't like it myself. I made a decision. I'm going to preach it even when it cuts me because at the end of the day, I will not raise up a people who follow my preference. We must be raised up. That's the people that want one hundred percent Jesus. Here's the thing about Jesus. I'm about to run. Here's the thing about Jesus. When he shows up, the Bible said he came to bring a sword. He said, "You think I came to bring peace, and you you thought I came to put everything nicely together." But Jesus said, "I come on the scene, and I'll divide family member against family member." Listen, he's not a God that wants you to be broken up. But what the Lord is trying to communicate when you start focusing on Jesus, then people will start looking at you strange. You're not like how you used to be. well I hope so, fool. I hope so. I don't want to be the same person I was before. I've had an encounter with Jesus. Good God Almighty! I said, I've had an encounter with jesus and i've been transformed by his light please be seated i gotta go please be seated so trendy jesus appreciate the picture okay yeah yeah it's a thing it's a thing right now you know that's why we put a montage of the jesus face so we found everybody in it. So everybody think Jesus is white? Then we can go with that. Some of y'all think Jesus is black? He didn't look like what none of y'all think he looked like. I mean, he was just Jesus, okay? And you shouldn't be able to follow him based upon whatever he looked like when he was on the earth, fool. You got to be able to follow him because he's Jesus. Some of y'all are so full of racism that if he was a white Jesus, you couldn't follow him. That is the most ridiculous foolishness I've ever heard. The devil has you so gripped up with hating other people whose skin looks different from you that you couldn't follow Jesus if he was white with blonde hair and blue eyes. He wasn't according to scripture, but it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) He didn't look like y'all either. Y'all Negro people in here that's looking the way you look, he didn't look like you neither. If you want to talk about what he looked like according to scripture, he mostly looked Middle Eastern. You get y- yeah y- y- hello. Get on my nerves. Moving on. I gotta close this. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Give me Jesus. We got all this religious stuff. Give me Jesus. I don't I don't want to follow your religious plan. And you can't you talk to me about cheese. Don't talk to me about pants. Talk to me about cheese. Don't talk to me about skirts. Talk to me about cheese. Don't talk to me about makeup. Talk about cheese. Don't talk about lipstick. Talk to me about cheese. Don't talk to me about tattoos. You'll <laughs> focus so much on tats. Somebody commented on my Instagram. It's like, is that a tattoo of your church logo? I'm like, is your is your mama safe? I don't know. What are you why are you on my social media asking me about my tattoos? Why would you tag your logo on here? So, why your breath staying? I don't know. Because I want to. Let me get out of here. Give me John 12 and 32. That's going to help me close it. Somebody say Jesus. Remember, the goal is when you get out of here that you're going to go study Jesus. For the next three weeks, Dr. Chiquette and myself are going to teach them to you. But when you get home, you got to study them for yourself. You hear me? I love this because, I love this, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And if I be lifted up from the earth, leave it just right here. I will draw all people to myself. Leave that right there. So many of us have read that and we love it. We've used it so out of context. Because the way we have used it is, let's just magnify him. Let's just magnify him. Let's just if we lift them up, if, then they're going to come. He's going to draw them. They say, lift, lift them. Everybody say, lift them, lift them. You just lift them up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, if you, if you was going in real straight-up Pentecostal, they was like, praise them, and that's was going to draw them. So, it's like, lift them up in praise. If you lift them up in praise, holla, shout. If you, were, you uh, shout, go, run, then it's going to draw. Shout And they, they shake, and it's like, that's going to bring them. That's going to draw all people. Paul said this. He said, I don't want to just know Jesus, but I want to know Jesus and him crucified. Oh, I got to go, but I got to look at this real quick. Give me the next verse. Paul, uh, uh, excuse me, the writer, John, was not just talking about, was not just talking about Jesus being lifted up. He was talking about Jesus' death. The idea, him being lifted up, was him being lifted up on a cross, Y'all don't get this. The reason why most of us don't want to study Jesus is because the Bible goes on to say not only did he have a cross to bear, but the Bible goes on to say that you got to carry one yourself. Oh, we don't talk much about crucifixion. When you start talking about crucifixion, it don't mean just your death; death. It means your death too. That's the reason why we leave it at Trinity Jesus. Because if I leave it at Trinity Jesus, I don't talk about the fact he didn't just save me, but he saved me to kill me. I lost my room now I said he saved me to kill me kill what I was kill my belief system kill my old behaviors kill my old man he came up on the rusty cross on the mount called Calvary just to kill me y'all like that he comes just to give me life but he gave me life so that he could kill the old man So I could live. This is good talking in here. He said, listen, this is, this is said. He said, I'm saying this about lifting, lifting up Jesus and drawing on me. This is said signifying by what death. Oh God, the Christian walk is a bloody walk. It's a bloody walk. If you're if you if going to follow Jesus, you, some stuff going to have to die. I can't hear you. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet in the front and in the back. Y'all ain't said nothing. This whole message. Because the knife is right at your throat today. Because God is going to get it out of you. This thing of living for Christ without sacrifice is not living for Christ at all. But if you're going to live for Christ and if you're going to really go on this search to study Christ, something's about to die in you this month. Look at the neighbor that wants me to shut up about that and say you're going to have to die to yourself (laughs) what I love about it is that when he died he died to get provision for my sin and my weakness that's really good news That when Jesus died, he died not just for my sin, but for my weakness as well. And when he died, according to Revelation, he didn't do it when you read it in the story as he went to Mount Calvary. According to Revelation, the lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth. For you all that think that God the Father was somehow tricked into having to come up with a plan number two. That somehow there is some kind of mishap in the Godhead. That he didn't know that Adam was going to do what he was going to do. So he had to come up with another. God would have to have some error in him. To be able to be in a place where he did not already know what Adam was going to do. God saw it before time ever began. Y'all ain't said nothing. Before you had a clock and a calendar. That is what God said. I'll send my son before you even know I'm sending him. And I'll send him as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. This is what I love. So that means that God made provision for my craziness before I was ever crazy. That ought to make you shout right there. Because it doesn't matter what I do and how I do it. There was provision already made before I knew that I was going to do it. Before I even thought the dog, the lamb was already slain. Before I ever did the do, the lamb was already slain. Somebody said Jesus had already died. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God in the beginning Jesus was already present. So in essence Paul was saying you might forget other things that I teach you but I don't ever want you to forget the cross. I never want you to forget Jesus because it was on the cross and through the cross and by the cross that our savior performed his work of redemption and gathered his people for eternity. Jesus is the main thing here's your homework you can go home today and you can um, say oh my god church is great or you can spend the rest of this week studying Jesus from Genesis to Revelation because he's found in the old and he's found in the new I would make a decision that I would eat as much word about Jesus as possible. So that thing starts overflowing into every aspect of my life. Some of you have been trying to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to do next? What is it I'm supposed to, what, else, what am I supposed to, how is my plan supposed to manifest if you would just focus on Jesus? Yeah. Some of you don't like this because you just wanted me to holler and scream at you and tell you it's going to be alright. You want me to holler and scream, you're going to make it. You want me to tell you, your next level is here. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want me to tell you, you're going to be a millionaire. The reality is, you will not manifest any of that God's way without the focus of Jesus in your life. The Bible says there's something called, something called good success. The idea of good success is focusing in on Jesus. And understanding what he wants you to have so that you can live out good success. And if there is good success, there is a bad success. So that means that there's not just one way to having success. You can look at people around you and see what they have. But if they didn't get it God's way, it will not last. The focal point for every believer in this room right now has to be give me Jesus or give me nothing. Because I have to know him. And I don't just want to know him, but I want to know him and him crucified. Everybody's standing all over the building.